Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, Tank Pummeling by Erwin. Here she was, at the bar again. Howard stared glumly into her mug before taking a few large gulps of the bitter brew, trying to shake off the familiar feelings of despondency that kept trying to creep up on her. Her entire squad had been destroyed, not in valiant combat, but in a careless accident that had seen an explosive device primed and ticking when it shouldn't have been. Flashes of memory came without prompting. The deep, bass-filled note of the blast, the shock of suddenly flying through the air in a place that she had up until that point considered safe. The all-too-brief thought of her squadmates, her friends, and their status. And just before unconsciousness, the brief, sickening crack of her own body as it whipped without mercy into a large stone outcropping. Howned attempted to stop the onslaught of the past, drank more deeply from a mug, uncaring of a mental state. The memories surged forth, however. Blank, white rooms, the distinct tang of the air of antiseptic and medicines and metallic devices. The unnaturally slow, overly concerned voices of the caregivers and the saddened and hesitant ones of family. The soul-tearing grief of learning that her friends had all been too close to the blast to survive. The still, raw memories of slowly, piece by piece, being physically reassembled into a semblance of a functional rav. The bitter flavor of knowing that it was only a twist of luck that had pushed her out of harm's way by launching her into the worst physical harm that she'd ever known. The gravel that seemed to catch her in the voice box every time that she tried to sing or speak, which had caused her to become all but mute in her sorrows. Oh, the marvels of modern medicine had allowed her body to be rebuilt to an astonishing degree, but never again would her arms or legs obey her desires of motion with the freedom of ease that she once had. Her career and her future, the very essence of the person Howard had once been, had gone up in smoke, vaporized, just like the rest of her poor squad. She went to drink again, utterly numb herself round her sorrows by drowning her insides in alcohol, but found her mug was empty. Howard had steeled herself for a possible confrontation between herself and the new proprietor of this establishment. He didn't know her well enough to know that she knew her limits, but before she could bring herself to raise an awkward limb to flag him, a commotion elsewhere caught her eye. The old jukebox, a relic of a distant pass of some other species, had sat neglected in the corner of the room as far back as she could remember. Allegedly, it was able to play music of some sort, but to Howard's knowledge, the machine had never worked. It was too heavy for the proprietor to simply cart away to the junkyard, and too complex and unknown for the local technicians to even attempt repairs. There 
was an open, ongoing offer for free drinks for any being who could manage to get the darn contraption, however briefly, to state of functionality. On occasion, a plucky bargoer would wander up to it and attempt to make it work, but neither with the correct tools or sober wit, nor with a poorly aimed kick born of a mind twisted of inebriation, had anyone achieved anything more than a soft bleeping and a brief flicker of colorful lights. Today, a cluster of beings that she had never before seen had entered the bar, instantly crowding around the old device. Their murmuring tones and a language that she didn't share seemed to speak of surprise and joy and reverence all at the same time. She shrugged, mentally wishing them luck, and turned back to the task of getting another round. The Rav had all but forgotten them when, halfway through her fresh mug, the impossible happened. The dusty machine in the corner bleeped softly and whirred to life. Hounded turned and openly stared, marveling first at the brightness of the colored lights, then at the way they shifted through the hues in a way that was somehow both obnoxious and soothing. To the other beings, tall, strong-looking people who had performed the speed of engineering, celebrated their victory with a strange little dance, unmindful of the slow approach of other curious patrons. The newcomers clustered around the jukebox and began discussing something. The discussion grew louder and louder. Hounded had never heard anything akin to their language, but after a few repetitions and variations of the bass theme, it was clear that they were beginning to argue between a handful of options. Before things got really out of hand, one of their numbers spotted something else in the machine, added a cackling that Rav fervently hoped was laughter, and pressed the button. A flicker of light near her mug caught Howard's attention, and she reluctantly looked away from the slowly mesmerizing rainbow of the jukebox. Some long-ignored panel had lit up on her tabletop. Translate lyrics... She curiously prompted Howlett to quickly select the affirmative, only briefly wondering just how long ago this particular translation matrix had been made before the long-fabled musical capabilities of the jukebox slowly unveiled itself. Words began to scroll across the panel, providing a real-time translation. We shall cry out when we are victorious. The strange voices proclaimed something about their tone seemed oddly distant, as though coming from afar. We shall cry out, they repeated, and suddenly it was as though the caliber of the voices snapped into a clearer auditory focus. I've been caused to fall, but again I shall rise. Never will you cause me despondency. The tone of the singers was firm, resolute, defiant even. It was almost like a call to action, but Alnet dismissed the thought as she reached for her mug. Such strength no longer resided within her. The words repeated, the lyrics repeated with no lessening in the urgent tone of the voices. Again, he called to her, and again Howned shrugged them off, deliberately squashing even the tiniest rays of hope and cheer that dared to surface within her as she had done many times before. Again, the lyrics cried out to her, urging her to stand up, to rise from where she had fallen, to shake off her sadness, but she could not. She must not. Her squad mates could not want her to cease mourning, to find joy where they could not, would they? 
as the words repeated for a fourth time, calling out to Howard with the same emotional ferocity that they began with. She began to wonder how an unfamiliar song from an unfamiliar species could possibly be speaking so directly to her. Rainfall causes darkness to depart. The words suddenly read, the new lyric delivered in a more soft and controlling manner. Had the singer changed, they sang again, repeating the brief statement. But try as she might, Alna could not quite fathom what this might mean. The man partakes of water of life, and a little water, and of liquid bread, and of wassail. One of the original voices seemed to say, So many beverages listed, but what were they? She didn't even know if it mattered. The man trills songs that hearkened to pleasant moments. Pleasant moments. It had been a long while since she had had one of those. The thought dimly dawned on Howner that the sadness that she carried was, perhaps, weighing her down. When had she last sung anything? The man trills a song that hearkened to preferable moments. All of the preferable moments were in the past. Everything that was good in her life had ended. She breathed deeply, trying not to let how much realization hurt show on her face. The softer-sounding singer called out repeatedly for a young man named Daniel. Her heart broke, as bidden by the song that seemed to know herself better than she did. She remembered Daniel, sweet, small Daniel, squadmate, friend. A tiny glimmer that might have grown into something more than friendship had an awful calamity never occurred. Then, stronger than before, the call of the singer began anew. I've been caused to fall, but again I shall rise. Never will you cause me despondency. Again and again the words came, pushing against the mental barriers how did it place to protect herself against the sheer pain of feeling. She could sense them, an unknown people calling out to her to change herself, to open up, to live again. Howned for a long time, had not wanted that. To live was to be in pain. To be in pain was to grieve. To grieve was to hold memory of her fallen friends with her, clutching the hollow, heavy stone of sadness in her chest like a lifeline and a curse, a burden and a comfort. To let go of that sadness that had become a natural part of her life felt like letting go of a squad's memory. If she chose to open up like the singers had urged her to, it would hurt in a different way. You would let the jagged truth of her experience wash over her, let the loss solidify into aching veracity, and then bring about a sense of healing. She would lose the constant aching reminder of her grief, and her squad deserved better than to be forgotten. She wanted to keep the sadness that was hers alone to bear. The men of medicine had rebuilt her body, but had completely ignored her shattered mind. The men of song came and lay psychic soul where they could, draining away the inflamed despondency of her mental wounds. Rainfall causes darkness to depart. The softer voice called out to her, and the tears began to pour from her eyes as she felt herself begin to understand. To hide sorrow within is to cause the darkness to remain. Unleash the pain, feel the sadness, and it will be lessened. 
Rainfall causes the darkness to depart. She wiped the wetness from her eyes as best she could, not wanting to miss any of the beauty of the song. The man partakes of water of life, and of little water, and of liquid bread, and of wassail. One of the singers chastised, and how in its stead, then stared at her drink in disgust. She was drowning herself in her sorrows in alcohol, just as she assumed the person had. It was the wrong choice for them, and, just as surely, it was the wrong choice for her as well. The man trills songs that hearken to pleasant memories. The man trills songs that hearken to preferable memories. Yes, she should be like the man. She should dare to sing once more. Voice rising and soaring like a rav that she had been. Like a rav that she still was. Her body may have been broken and rebuilt. But the essence of Howard would always remain. She needed to go home soon, she decided. Go home and face everyone who worried about her. Go home and sing her gratitude and apology and continuing sorrow. Go home and sing of her squadmates that they might be remembered. Weep not on my behalf, nearby resident, the softer voice chided, and Howard understood it was a tragedy that had happened to those that she had been close to, but there were only so many tears that one could shed over such an event to forget the joys. Well, that was unbecoming of their memory, and it was forgetting the joys that had turned her into what she had become when she had walked into the bar. She would be leaving as a changed Rav. I've been caused to fall, but again I shall rise. Never will you cause me despondency. The words repeated and repeated and repeated, and the lines we shall cry out when we are victorious, and rainfall causes the darkness to depart, both in and around them. A three-part braid making a tapestry of meaning, and a sound that left Howard openly weeping unashamedly. Through wet and blurred vision, as the song had healed her more completely than the doctors had managed, slowly faded her auditory existence, she read, Untranslatable. Tank pummeling. End of story. Story number two. The Fearless, written by Shogun CDN. The one thousand assembled before the monarch. Their polished armor reflected the waning light, casting a glow over those present. The Ascadian Empire's finest would soon head into battle against the upstart race. The monarch looked over the assembled troops and smiled. Each of them were the result of careful cultivation from tens of billions of Arcadians. The search to find a soldier was arduous and failure was a norm. But when they found that one in a hundred million specimen, another soldier of the Empire was born, there was no higher honor, and in the galaxy there were no better soldiers. The Acadians had proven this in countless skirmishes through the centuries. Each soldier had lost the ability to feel fear. Nature had turned off the genetic markers for fight or flight, so that they would wade into the fiercest battle without a second thought. 
They were completely unafraid, focused only on victory. They had proven themselves in the caves of Tasha and the swamps of Ahun. Amongst their ranks were soldiers who wore scars of countless battles, lost limbs replaced by bionics, faces scarred, some beyond recognition. No species had ever faced the Ascadian horde and emerged victorious. Whatever nightmares, the horde face paled and compared with these soldiers. They had perfected the development of the unstoppable soldier. The monarch waved his bony claw at the horde and roared in unison. Sixteen cycles later, Gamet Tal pushed his way towards the front of the horde. His war cry sounded above the din as they prepared to wash over the human defenses. His mandibles gnashed, thirsting for blood. That they were outnumbered mattered little. They were always outnumbered. The odds were always against him until the battle began in earnest. He had seen in dozens of battles and knew that the lines would easily break once the horde inflicted the first casualties. The valley erupted into explosions and chaos as the battle commenced in earnest. Gambit aimed his cannon and roared as he blasted a hole through a human grouping. He shrugged off a blast from a human projectile as it tore through his shoulder. The blood he lost would be paid back tenfold once the humans turned and ran. Energy smashed through the human lines as they maintained their withering defensive fire. Half-dead, Ascadians continued to push the assault despite grievous injuries. More of the horde lay dead on the field. Gamut fired again and again, yet the human line did not break. Not one human had turned to run despite the casualties inflicted on them. Gamut tore the arms of one of the humans with his mandibles and threw the body at a squad nearest him, yet they only responded by returning fire. Most amazingly, injured humans stayed in the fight and Gamut felt confusion as his ranks began to thin precariously. The Horde was a result of decades of searching and training and it was being eliminated in a battle lasting just over an hour. Only a dozen of the Horde remained and though they fought on bravely, the numbers brought to bear against them were impossible to overcome. A shot finally took out Gamut's legs and he slumped to the ground. His one remaining claw lashed out even as the humans surrounded him. Blood poured from dozens of wounds. His translator crackled as one human approached, as half his size even on his knees and Gamut towered over it. They asked for his surrender. Gamut spat blood onto the ground in defiance. He was dying and his last act would not be something so cowardly as surrender. Yet he had to know how had the humans found so many amongst their ranks that were devoid of fear. What was the human population that they could find so many soldiers of the same qualities? The human looked at Gamut with confusion. Fearless, it said, I'm scared to death. Gamut felt the life leave him. He would die without answers. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below. 
for you to help with, but the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.